Are you ready for the divine feminine revolution? Let's get vulnerable and go deep. Hello and welcome to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Monday, and I'm so excited to have friends, part of my uh, tech team and everything all together. Kara LeBon, who is the techie witch. And she has really helped me kind of revolutionize my business, automate the back end, which we love. <laughs> and, you know, really helped me bust through some of my tech mindset to be able to, you know, do it in a way that works for me and really, you know, handhold me when needed through the tech pieces. And so I just really appreciate you so much. You've helped me really streamline my business and you know, not only that, but I'm going to brag on you. You're traveling the world while you're doing it, which <laughs> that's the dream most of us have to be location independent digital nomads. So you're doing the thing. I want to hear you brag about your travels and all the fun, juicy stuff there. And also being a queer friendly, you know, business owner, which I think is such a, a passionate, that's definitely a community I've served and, you know, I'm glad to be a part of. And so it's a love that you do that. So we're going to talk about how to make tech sexy as fuck, which I think is very revolutionary in its own sense, because I was talking about this with someone today about getting that sort of like math tech stereotype threat conditioning programming that like women are mm -hmm. good at those things. And I feel like there's still some mindset maybe that could be released around that. Uh, but I think that it you know, we only can do what we think is possible. And so, you know, I think that that is such a powerful, like, through line through your business and your branding. So I'm going to turn it over to you. You know the drill, the brag intro. So what did I leave out? And what do you want to share about? Uh, you didn't leave out much. Yeah, I got into doing this techie stuff a couple of years ago because I was a VA and I realized how much I hated doing things manually because I'm pretty lazy. So I started learning how to automate stuff so I didn't have to do so much manual work. And I realized how much there was a need for that, especially in like the coaching consulting space. And I got pretty damn good at it. And yeah, traveling mm -hmm. the world next on my next on my list is Spain. I'm actually leaving in a week. To head to Spain for a few months. So exciting. Every time we get on a session, I'm like, where are you now? So I think currently that that in New awesome. York. Awesome. How's summer in the city so far? It's been fun. It's been nice. Yeah. It's sticky and a little gross oh, at good. times, but it but it's been fun. Hi. Okay. Yeah. I totally get where you're coming from with the automation piece. And, you know, in my brick and mortar business, I can't tell you how many times I would rewrite the same paragraph when literally we could copy and paste slash, you know, even a step beyond that automate. Yeah. And I think, gosh, so many people, have, you know, I'll just speak for myself, but, you know, I'd be ready to launch. And then it's, is the link going to work? You know that, oh, what's the one that like links everything, you know, is Zapier. that Zapier. Zapier. <laughs> like, how the hell is Zapier supposed to work? You know, like <laughs> the kind of thing. And, you know, I think you've made it like so approachable and, you know, easy to wrap my head around and, oh my gosh, automated waiting lists and email pages and, you know, getting Thrivecart all set up has just done wonders for my business. And it's really helped me 
you know, give my VA stuff that I really want her to work on versus just like the busy work that's like right. needless. So it's right. definitely been a business enhancement. I'd love to hear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been so good. And, you know, I think that's what keeps particularly a lot of people off of online business is just the tech piece of it, you know, and I think Definitely. just the same way some people don't have the entrepreneur mindset of being like, oh, I can never run a business. I think people are like, oh, I can't handle social media or the tech, you know, and yeah. oh, my gosh, the hours I've spent on YouTube just trying to find the one little answer, you know, <laughs> like it's just been so good to have you as like a consultant as part of the team and and just to have confidence that like the payment links are going to work <laughs> and the emails are going to go out and everything's yeah. going to do what it's supposed to do is so huge. It definitely so, makes it easier to sell, right? When you know it's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's like that certainty piece. Yeah. I think it's like part of the confidence of making it happen. Yeah. So especially with, you know, some like passive products or like memberships or things where it's like a little bit more, you know, automated, the wholesale process is automated, you know. So fill me in a little bit on like, how did you, like, what's your origin story? Like, how did you kind of get, you said you were a VA, but like, yeah. how did you kind of know you wanted to do this? Did it find you? So COVID, of course, I was a waitress and bartender for six years and I was traveling doing that at first. I was able to get a working visa in Australia and that's what I was doing, but I knew that that wasn't going to be an option if I wanted to keep traveling. Like, it's pretty difficult to waitress around the world if you don't speak any other languages. So I switched to teaching English online for a little bit, and I hated that. I just do not have the personality <laughs> to be able to be like, hi, I'm teacher Kara. What's your name? No. It could be exhausting to have to be so fake nice. <laughs> yeah, no. I was like, that's not for me. And then I got another teaching, not another teaching, another waitressing job in Alaska, but COVID happened. So I never went. So I started joining like digital nomad groups on Facebook. And I was like, here's a list of my skills. I have no idea what I could do. I've been waitressing for six years. Like I like wrote a post and some people were like, you're a really great writer. You could do content writing or copywriting, or, you know, it sounds like you have a lot of skills. You might want to become a VA. So I signed up for this course with Hannah Dixon on how to become a VA and set up an online business. And she teaches you pretty much everything you need to do to start getting clients, send contracts, track your work, and then use the skills that you already have. And I started out doing writing and marketing kind of stuff, and I didn't like that. That was not for me. So I started doing more like general admin kind of stuff, and I got one client who was running a program and she was like, every time someone signs up and you do make sure they get a welcome email and a worksheet and put them in this Google sheet and we need to send a package, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, how many people are signing up for this program? She's like, it's usually around 40. I was like, and you've been doing this all manually? I was like, I don't want to do the same thing 40 times. <laughs> Seems mm -hmm. very, very silly and boring. Yeah. So I learned how to automate and link up her Wix to her Flowdesk to Google Sheets and Slack so we get notified of things. And it just made life so easy. And I was like, wow, I should do this more because people need help with this and they don't know what the mm -hmm. fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> That's how I got started. That's awesome. Yeah, I think, you know, 
I wonder what your take on the industry is, but it does seem, you know, the coaching industry is maybe having a bit of a contraction around the whole financial thing, like everybody is in the world. But I'm just thinking that I feel like the service provider sort of like tech side of it, I feel is a really great way to to break into it because not everyone wants to be front facing like a coach. And then also, I just think that there's so much need for like video editing, content creation, like automation, all that sort of stuff. Oh, I know definitely. my OBM went through my Fearless Feminine Academy and she's done a great job like filling out her caseload and getting contracts. And I was just recommending to another client of mine who's going through a career change, you know, that copywriting, you know, could be a thing if you're into the writing. I feel like that could be really hard to take on someone else's voice unless maybe you have some of those open centers and human design and you have that chameleon thing. But I think that that, you know, VA, OVM, if you have the gift for that tech piece, you know, I think that that's a great way to get into the business and fill yourself up with clients. So yeah, you recommend that because I feel like that's an you know, people, I think, will sometimes go more towards like the coaching, not recognizing like how much money can be made and the like support of, yeah, you know, all the things yeah. that go into coaching. I was like very hesitant about becoming a VA at first because like I knew it was an option, but I knew that VAs made like $15 an hour. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I, not a livable wage. Yeah. People are like, that's the max. But then I got into this course and I realized, no, there's, you could be a VA. And, and once you start as a VA, you learn so much and then you niche and you become, you know, good at what you're doing and you could level up to become an OBM or to become Mm -hmm. a consultant or to become something more specialized. Like you could start as a copywriting VA, but then turn Mm -hmm. into a copywriter who charges a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But being a VA is a great way in. Like I did, I started at $16 an hour, but quickly moved up to $20 an hour and then 25 and then 30. And then it just kind of kept going from there because I got so good and was working a lot faster. And then Mm -hmm. I tried to move away from the hourly altogether. But yeah, had I not started as a VA, I wouldn't have learned anything. I wouldn't have learned systems and workflows and customer experience and all of that. So if anybody is wanting to start working online and you think you don't have any skills that translate, you're probably wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And I think even just simply posting for someone, you know, like I think most people know how to post something on the different platforms can be super helpful. I was listening to Literally, which is definitely one of my favorite podcasts, and they were talking about the VA being like the the hands and the OBM being the brain. And I was like, oh, that's such a easy simple yeah. kind of shortcut to kind of understand the different roles because I've definitely not been totally clear as to what's what. Just yeah. curious if you had any take on, you know, what makes like a good OBM or like when you know you're ready to hire one even, anything like that. Yeah. So an OBM is going to, which stands for online business manager, okay. in case people don't know what that means. They're going to come in and take a look at your systems and how everything's running and be able to manage everything and really give you advice on what to change, what to keep, how to how to keep going. Whereas a VA is going to you want to already know what you want to have them do. So a VA is more task oriented. So that's why they charge less than an OBM, because an OBM is going to be more the idea person and Mm -hmm. bigger picture. And an OBM is great to bring in before a VA, in my opinion, because oh wow, um, okay, if you don't have these systems in place, if you don't 
know what to assign your VA, you're not going to get the most out of a VA that you can because they're just going to be waiting for something to do and you don't know what to have them to do. Like you were saying, like now that you have now that you have your system. Like when I filled out my like when I filled out my appointment with you and it's like, what does it want to work on? And I'm like, I'm not quite there yet. Hold on, give me a week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's really helpful. And, you know, I always hear hire a team before you're ready and I totally get that piece of it. But that's kind of interesting perspective on OPM that actually could come before a VA because I that's honestly opposite of the way that I've heard it. But that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Especially and they, if, I mean, there are a lot of OBMs who are like OBM slash VA. So they right, could do right. the system and do the tasks as well. Okay. Or some of them bring their own team like they have their own VAs. So it's more like an agency okay. model. Um, yeah. And that was kind of going to be my next question, because that's something that you really helped me with is to refine my tech stack and I know, I mean, it doesn't seem like much when you're doing like $10, $15, $20, you know, membership subscriptions to all these different things, but eventually you can really start to pick it up, especially, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere on the pricier side of that. So what do you think if someone was just starting out, what do you think people actually need? Say they say they are selling some kind of online, you know, course, they're like a coach. What do you think is like the bare minimum? Because I know I've, I feel like I've tried every single thing. Like I know you wrote like a hate post on MailChimp, which I'm like fully <laughs> with you there because <laughs> MailChimp like boggles my mind. Like it was so clunky, you know. Oh, maybe it wasn't a hate post. That was maybe a little bit strong, but don't use MailChimp. Probably. <laughs> it's it's a little bit of a hate post. You could say that. <laughs> I don't like MailChimp. That's no secret. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And you, you turned me on to Miller Lite, which I really like. I mean, just aesthetically, I feel like it's, oh my God, so much easier, like Uh intuitive, you know, especially with automation piece, you know, and I I made some like very clunky, like landing pages in the old MailChimp days and it's not a good look. No, no, MailChimp is terrible. I know it's probably like really different for everyone, but what are just like some, some of the ones that you like and Yeah, I tell everybody to start with and email marketing should be kind of one of the first things. Like Mm -hmm. even before you know what you're selling, it's good to start growing a list and just emailing your people, keeping them warm. And then you could start with like freebies and you could do that all through MailerLite is always what I recommend because it's free up to a thousand subscribers. So there should be like no barrier from just starting that. And you could build nice landing pages. You could even build a website on there if you're not ready to like... Mm -hmm build a whole website. So I definitely tell people to start with that. And then if you are ready to start taking calls, like even if they're like one-offs or packages, then I would say to start with Calendly or Acuity. Mm -hmm. Acuity, you could sell whole packages. So even if you just have MailerLite and Acuity, Mm -hmm. you'd be pretty set to start selling coaching packages. If you're wanting to sell courses, that's a totally different beast than selling one-on-one calls. And then there are so many different platforms for that. Of course, Thrivecart is one of my favorites because Mm -hmm. it's a one-time payment, huge, which is so nice. And it's it's a shopping cart and a course platform. So you could sell packages through there as well. And then you could have your courses on there, which is great. And if you're looking for something that's affordable, but a monthly payment, I recommend people look into Podia. And Podia is an all-in-one, so you could build a website there and it does email marketing but I don't really recommend their email marketing because it's just not all that cohesive in terms of automations Mm -hmm. and everything but those are the two I recommend 
a lot of people think that they should just go ahead and get Kajabi because it does everything. Everybody else is using it. But one, it's very, very expensive. Mm -hmm. And two, it has a very steep learning curve. So even though everything is in one place, it's Mm -hmm. difficult to find. It's difficult to use. Yeah, I've done the free trial of Kajabi. And I remember when I was like kind of a baby coach, realizing like how much of certain people's income streams come from like Kajabi. Because <laughs> I mean, I think as far as the platform, you know, they have a, a nice affiliate, you know, kickback. Mm-hmm. And so I think that to me, it seems like why people recommend it more because I, I definitely found it to be like super clunky, not doing at all really what I wanted it to do. And yeah, oh, like the 100 bucks plus or whatever it is now you know a lot to invest if you have a baby business yeah if you have a baby business or some people are like oh well i'll get around to the course and they like start building the course and they're just paying 150 dollars a month and yeah. not oh, even yeah, selling anything which is Definitely so crazy and while thrivecart yeah it's a big upfront investment but after six yeah. months of what you'd be paying for kajabi or less, I think it's less than six months, you'll be paying nothing. Whereas for Kajabi, you'd still be paying $150 a month, which is wild. Yeah. I mean, I was already looking at Thrivecart before I started working with you, but definitely. And they have actually a pretty good affiliate kickback as well as we can get on that. They, Yeah, but it's so nice to have. What I really like about it is just how, you know, they'll, if you have a membership or something, they'll if someone stops a payment, it sort of like automates some of that process. And yeah, definitely. Um, I think that that's really cool. And then just being able to have the, I feel like the payment piece is just really easy with it. And then once they added the online portal, like so good. So yeah, I feel like I've gotten, I mean, I've done everything like ClickFunnels, I did MailChimp, I've done Kajabi, I've done like all the things, you know, and it just feels so good to be at a very like slim tech stack with Miller Lite, which is free. I switched to Calendly, which is free. That's how I do my podcast automation. I bought the Thrivecart, so I don't have a monthly payment then. And so it really, you know, I think it. if you're, I, I love like a bargain. <laughs> so definitely, you know, I love to find a deal. And so I think it's been really nice to kind of slim that down. And Really, it's been pretty easy to connect all those things, of course, with your help. So I think that that's a really nice beginner. We talked a little bit in the green room about talking about AI because that is obviously like a hot topic here. So I'm kind of curious. Where do you want to jump off with that? I mean, we could just talk about like the capabilities of AI. I know it's a hot topic right now and everybody kind of Mm -hmm. has their opinions about Mm -hmm. it. So I would love to hear what your opinion on AI is. Yeah, well, you know, I'm I'm definitely intrigued by it. Obviously, like a lot of the people coming out being like, this is not a good thing is concerning, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm certainly not an expert there. I mean, I think actually my OBM was talking about coming up with a partnership agreement. She was like, oh, yeah, I just put it in and it went out and then I added a few things and it was good to go. And I'm like, whoa. And, and it's interesting. I'm, I'm like a YouTube fanatic. And so I've seen people like have AI write the whole YouTube video and then they'll perform it. Or I've even seen ones where they've created like a not person AI, <laughs> like where, you know, AI does everything, the script, the voice, uh-huh. the animation, the video editing. And it's it is. I mean, I think it, it is going to change everything. And mm-hmm. I think what I've seen a lot of people say is that it's not going to take jobs. I don't know if I totally agree with that. I mean, I think kind of just like the internet did 
with TurboTax and, you know, Legal Guard or whatever. I don't even know if that's a name, but, you know, like these services that are online that basically do the same things that you would pay, like the paying professionals to oh, do. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think it probably will, but I do think to not have to write a description or like a boring email again, I'm definitely here for that. And I mean, just to be able to take, you know, an episode and get it like translated in a second and uploaded and then, hey, write the description, write the title. You know, I think, I mean, in a way, it's really exciting. I do sort of like worried about that kind of knowledge, like in the wrong hands, I think could be interesting. I think it'll be interesting to see you know, there's so much like imitation in the coaching space. It'll be interesting to see like if, if everyone switches to AI writing stuff. I think that there's really a sort of opportunity that if you are like writing original content and original thought that that'll kind of stand out versus the more AI generated content. So, so those are just some initial thoughts. Where do you land? Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said. To go like into the job aspect, it's definitely going to take jobs. There's no if ends or buts about that. But it will also create new jobs. And I think people are just going to have to adapt to their skills. So if they're a copywriter, they're not necessarily going to lose their job, but they, if they'll have to use AI in their job and they'll be able mm-hmm. to do it a lot faster. And for people who are worried about their job being taken, I think they need to embrace the AI and learn how to use it in their job. So that's how I feel about that. And then in terms of the creative aspect, I don't know if you are familiar at all, like with what's going on with the writer's strike. And now mm-hmm. SAG-AFTRA is also yeah. going on strike. Um, kind of great for us, like in the <laughs> creator sector. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they should definitely be going on strike. They should definitely be getting paid. And part of the conversation there is that they want to use AI to generate these scripts and then have people just come in and edit them and not pay them as if they've written the Mm. whole script, which is definitely an issue. And I think AI should be kept out of those places or people should still be compensated appropriately. So like in terms of that, I don't think AI should be used in that way. And we're going to have to come up with some sort of world like there's there's no. There's no going back at this point. You know what I mean? And and it's the same thing as like when the Internet came out, people were really skeptical about it and didn't want to embrace it. And they didn't want. But if you didn't, you fell behind because that's what it that's what it was. And, you know, people say that there are scary things that could happen. There are scary things that could happen with the Internet and they do happen. But we deal with it and we figure it out. And Mm -hmm. to just try to ignore it and not use it, I don't think is the answer because it's here. Like, it's here to stay at this point. It's not going to go away. Yeah, I'm kind of like an elder millennial. So as an 80s baby, you know, I'm right on that cusp of Gen X. And so I really did have sort of like the pre-tech upbringing of like playing outside and doing kid things. And then more like high school is when cell phones came out. And then by college, like all of the professors were like, oh, I have to get rid of my transparency. I feel old now. <laughs> no projector. That, but you know, they were like pissed. Like, all oh, my classes are already on transparency. Now I have to do like a what? A PowerPoint? <laughs> you know. But I got to say, just, you know, spending like 10 years in academia, like I didn't really have to go into a library if I didn't want to. And I didn't have to register for classes and wait in a big long line. And so, I mean, I definitely can see how the whole, 
you know, and obviously since then the whole world has become automated and a lot of those things are a thing of the past. And so I definitely see how like with accessibility and just like instantaneous results, I think that that can really move the needle forward a bit. But yeah, I do watch sometimes a TV show or a YouTube channel or something like that. And I'm like, did I write that? I'm like, it's kind of bland, you know? So. But it, so it'll be interesting to see if, if everyone kind of jumps on the bandwagon or not. But yeah, I think it, it is really interesting, especially in the creative space, like the way that they're using it for music and like that the songs are coming out kind of just as good. But it, according to some people, you know, so it is interesting to see. I am wondering how it'll shape creativity. I think it can make you like so much more creative because it's such an idea yeah. generator. Yeah. And, you know, it could also just make everything kind of flat. Yeah. Yeah. I I also think like in terms of business, it's a great tool, especially for small business owners who don't have the access or the budget to maybe hire a copywriter or to hire a a content like a social media content planner. They don't have the budget to hire a bunch of customer service agents because you could use AI even for that or chatbots or something like that. And that is a great way for them to deliver a better better experience or to have a better experience delivering things. I just got off a consultation with somebody and she was like, I'm working on a sales page and I just I don't know what to put in there. And it was interesting that she was asking me as a tech consultant. She was like, I don't know what content to put in my sales page. And I was like, well, I'm not, you know, a copywriting consultant, but I could show you how to use ChatGPT and I, I showed her and I gave her a prompt to use for generating sales pages and she was absolutely blown away. She was like, I cannot believe this. I can't believe I wasn't already using this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of people don't know how to do it. Well, I think it is one of those things like I used to hate, you know, the staff meetings that could have just been an email, like that whole thing. I feel like it could really take some of the sting out of the boring, busy work and kind of. Oh, Definitely. You know, one of the best parts of being an entrepreneur is you don't have to have meetings if you don't want to. And so I think I, I could kind of do a similar thing. I don't have to write a description or I don't have to like come up with a title or or some of these things. Yeah. And, it's like, well, and then I also I think that because we'll be saving so much time doing a lot of busy work or these like small things, whereas like to write a sales page, like start from scratch. It's so much time. It's so much energy. And by the time it could take you an entire day to just get started mm-hmm. with an outline and a draft. And then you don't want to do anything after because you're drained. So I think using it to do that kind of stuff will just free up our brain space, free up our, our time. Mm-hmm. And in turn, we'll become more creative because we'll be looking for hobbies because I because so much of my stuff is automated now. And a lot of my clients stuff, like, you know, I automate myself out of a job, essentially, which is good. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I set up my clients and then they don't need me except when they need to. They're setting up another program or something. So I have a lot of free time and I'm like, all right, I need to find some new hobbies. Like I need to mm-hmm. get into something. And unfortunately, one of my hobbies is scrolling on TikTok. But <laughs> <laughs> but I've also That's started keeping, keeping in touch with the creators, right? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I learn a lot on TikTok. I call that working. It's where where I've learned about AI. So it's working. Yeah. But uh, I have have been trying to challenge myself to create content instead of because it's so easy to do. But yeah, I mean, that's a that's very sexy that you're like eliminating yourself from your own business and from others. (laughs) You need to get hobbies. I mean, that as a sales pitch, that totally works for me because 
I really do think kind of coming from the psychology sphere, I really do think a lot of mental health issues are blocked creativity. And I think people are so afraid to like look stupid or make a mistake. Maybe something like AI could help them sort of get the basics down to where people are more comfortable making the jump. Or like you said, especially if you're more like neurodiverse or right brain creative, get you out of some of the it's not agonizing for everyone, but I'll just claim it for me, the agonizing part of some of the boring, busy work. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So what do you think? I have watched a couple of podcasts around does AI have consciousness and will it take over and stuff like that? I watched one on Diary of a CEO where they did like an emergency session. They have a great little, you know, I wouldn't bring kids into this AI. <laughs> like, oh, God, talk about a clickbait. <laughs> right. But yeah, who knows? Unless you're like in on it, you know, I yeah. think maybe that's all speculation or whatever. But just curious if you had a stance on that or what you Yeah, heard I or... mean, I don't know too much on that topic. And of course, like, you know, we're programming this AI to kind mm -hmm. of be able to think for itself. That's kind of the point of, mm -hmm. you know, so humans don't have to do it. So it is a little scary to think about. But just going back to the point I was using before is whether or not it's true, there's nothing we as civilians could do about it. Mm -hmm. And people could say, well, I'm not going to use it because I don't want that to happen. I'm like, mm -hmm. but that's like uh, saying I'm not going to use the internet. Like, yeah. at a certain point, and I don't want know? people to have my information or steal my information. I'm like, they're already doing that. They're already doing yeah. that. Like, I, it's a tool that is going to help you in your business. You're going to there's, there's no stopping it. Yeah. Out, yeah. So whether or not that happens, I don't know. We'll deal with it when it happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe that's what we'll do on our next tech session, because I was talking with my OBM about like, how could we use it? And she was telling me about that contract that she pulled up from it. And I was like, can can it can I like put a podcast episode in and then just say summarize this for me? Yeah. Okay. Does it it'll do like video? Like, yeah, we'll do of. transcriptions. Unfortunately, if you're on the free version of ChatGPT, there's a limit to like how much you, you could put in there. I actually have a friend of mine. She has a it's a very cheap software. It's called Goat Quote. And it's it's aimed towards nonfiction books, nonfiction mm -hmm. authors. But if you have like long PDFs or ebooks that you've made and you want it to pull a bunch of quotes and stuff and make social media content, it does that Ooh. because ChatGPT is limited into how much you could upload or select. Okay. So, okay, yeah, definitely. I love that. Yeah, on her last session, I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna do this next. I'm like, what do I actually <laughs> need? What's the best way to do it? And yeah, I love. I think that's really one of your gifts is you know to speak in the field. Like you're, you know, you've tried all the things and <laughs> a lot of the things. Definitely, give us the things. shortcut of what you know what works well and all that sort of thing. So kind of on a totally different topic how do you juggle all the travel you know I just went to Asheville for the weekend and driving back and forth I just feel like I didn't get any of my prep and I just kind of have been like winging it this week how is it like you know because you stayed in some hostels like sometimes you're in yeah. coffee shops sometimes yeah. you're like have your own place do you get fatigued with it do you love I it Give definitely us get I definitely get scoop. a little fatigue I get a little fatigued but it's so rewarding for me going to new places, seeing new places, meeting new people. And I don't work on travel days. So that's helpful. Like I just and having a flexible schedule allows me to do that, just like block off the day so I don't have to work. I try to stay places longer. So I'm 
a somewhat slow traveler. I try to stay places for one to three months usually. But last summer when I was traveling Europe, I was moving pretty fast. I was living in in hostels, but I picked a hostel that was also a co-working space. So that was helpful. So yeah, I just tried to surround myself with other people who are doing something similar or just make the, make the time, you know, that one of the the sessions you just scheduled, I'll be in Spain because I am I'm moving to Spain next week and it will be the day after I get there. <laughs> oh, so I can ask you that. Yeah. I'll, be a, you I'll be a little jet lagged, I think, but I, I just changed. I changed my work schedule so that it still works for me and it will work for my clients because that's another hard, hard part of, you know, the time zone because most of my clients are in the states or Canada. Oh yeah, and finding that Calendly type zone thing, I can imagine that's a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, so I just I changed my time zone to Central European time, and <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yeah, I've definitely it's my I think it's my Sag Moon. Like I'm just like obsessed with travel, but obviously have a brick and mortar business. That's why definitely going to the online business is very desirable. To be location independent completely would be awesome. I'd love to hit that goal by the end of the year would be amazing. <laughs> but yeah, I I really live vicariously, you know, not only through you, but like through YouTube. And it was just really interesting to see things like van life or like digital nomad or like just, you know, like going to a certain place on a hundred bucks or something like that. And I think it's, I mean, gosh, you really can learn like anything on YouTube or any oh, platform or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's really how I learned what I'm doing now too. Uh-huh. YouTube and, University. I mean, just, you did exactly. <laughs> Is, I know sometimes when I think of all my coaching investments, <laughs> coaching yeah, is valuable you do one- in, its, in its own respect. <laughs> no, when, you don't get the personal, you yeah. know, holding and, you know, all that kind of thing. But yes, you can. I went through like a hula hooping phase in probably 2010, <laughs> all the tricks on YouTube. And then I love that. Even just like film editing and all the things or like exploring, like when we upgraded to Riverside, which is what we're doing this podcast on, you know, just stuff like that, like getting the tutorials and stuff is so helpful. So yeah, part of the break was plugging the YouTube channel. So yes, check out Divine Feminine Revolution podcast <laughs> YouTube channel. I'm trying to get to a thousand subscribers, y'all, so I can monetize it. So if you're one of those a thousand true fans, please go check it out. But yeah, I think I think it's so cool that people like give you a sneak peek into their life, you know. So I, I just I think that that's really cool to see. I travel vlogs is definitely something that is on my homepage at YouTube because it's one of my favorite things to watch. <laughs> oh, I <love laughs> but that. I can imagine, you know, it's probably awesome and glamorous in its own way, but then also like bumpy <laughs> in other ways. Depending oh, yeah. On the so day, much work. I mean, I've I've thought about like travel vlogging and and doing all that, but it is mm-hmm. so tiring and I don't want to like film what I'm doing all the time. So I did a oh, little yeah. bit when I was in I was in England and like. When I'm, I was in Manchester by myself and I was like, oh, I'll do like a come on a date with me kind of thing. And I was like, I really have to film everything. There's <laughs> so much work. I was like, uh, not, it's not for me. I'd rather do something separate from the travel mm-hmm. while I travel. You know what I mean? I'll see if I can get you this link. But there's this creator on YouTube. I really like Katie Steckley and she's got a travel blog and she does kind of like, you know, Instagram tips and all that kind of business yeah. stuff. But she had one where basically like a selfie stick but it like edits the stick out of it and so you can kind of like oh, walk I've seen with it, it holding yeah, your I've hand but it doesn't yeah. like it sort of edits itself out so you can really yeah. kind of get like the shots of yourself without having to do the selfie <laughs> <Yeah>. you know <laughs> arm arms in the shot or whatever 
And I guess kind of my final question, I know one of the reasons why I chose to work with you is because you're queer friendly. Like I said, that's, you know, super important for me. I've worked with so many LGBTQ clients, part of the community, all that good stuff. But I'm kind of curious, do you ever get like hate for that? Like I feel, you know, as some of the things have been going on like in Florida and, you know, uh, across the country in different aspects, I just feel, you know, the tide has changed pretty dramatically, like yeah. pretty recently. So just kind of curious if there's anything you want to share about. That. I haven't necessarily gotten hate yet. Thank goodness. I get questioned, like, why do you use that in your marketing? Like, why do you have a picture of your ass when you're a tech consultant? What is the what is the correlation? And do people really hire you? That's so unprofessional. But I think I don't get hate because I put myself in safe spaces where those people are also sex positive and queer friendly. Mm -hmm. And I want those people to know that I'm a safe space because in the tech world, you know, it's a lot of bros. It's very kind of bro-y <laughs> and people who are like uptight. And, you know, I think I work with a lot of like sex and intimacy coaches and maybe people who are a little more woo sometimes. And I think they could be hesitant to work with people who don't get them because they, mm -hmm. they'll feel judged or they don't want their clients to feel judged or whatever. So mm -hmm. I, the reason I do that is because I want them to know that I'm a safe space and I understand the work they do. I appreciate the work they do and I want to help them with that work. So as long as I stay in places where those people live, people love it and I don't get much hate. And, you know, the people on my own personal Facebook are friends mm -hmm. and family and other people who I've networked with and I only accept them if I have other mutual friends so I know they're not going to come and hate on me. So no, for the most part, except for like questions for my family. Do you really get work based on the way you talk and like the pictures you post? And I'm like, yeah, a lot. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> they're like, okay. Well, yeah, because I think you want someone who's going to get you and it's sort of like, you know, I was talking to a client who's, yeah, I think I'm going to have to switch therapists because I feel like my therapist is judging me. And I'm like, you, you don't want to go into therapy no. and feel judged. Like, you're, you know, like usually people are coming because they're judging themselves and they want help not judging, you know. So I think it obviously, you know, applies to hiring team or and team you work pretty intimately with depending on what context it is. So mm -hmm. I think it makes just kind of a good fit. I think for me, that's kind of coming from like the therapy paradigm. Like, you know, it's like old school psychoanalytic, like you can't share who you are versus like feminist therapy is no, you know, you need to demonstrate the safety and be a person. And mm -hmm. that's where like self-disclosure and all that kind of stuff comes in. And so I've always definitely identified as a feminist therapist. But it's, yeah, you want to know that your person gets you. It's like my accountant understands astrology. So we always laugh how like tax <laughs> days are always on Mercury retrogrades and like, <laughs> She's she, all she had to tell me was that she's like a five time Virgo. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're the taxes. <laughs> and so, like, I love that you think of accountants as kind of more left brain or analytical or whatever. But then she has her sister's astrologer. So she knows the things. It's super helpful. And I think same thing for you. I've kind of wondered that, like, expanding onto the YouTube platform, you know, because there's definitely a more worldwide and yeah. predominantly male platform as well, too. I think that's definitely a visibility fear that's going to come up for me. It's just spirituality, you know, LGBTQ positive, sex positive, like all of those things. You know, a lot of people are like not on board, which, you know, 
like I'm all about tolerance in the sense that, you know, you do you kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, please don't like hurt people, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, it's I've, I feel like the backlash has been kind of alarming. And yeah, I actually Definitely. grew up in Florida. So it feels sort of sad to see some of those things kind of come about. And I, I do, you know, like for some identities are visible and some are invisible. And so I think, you know, to have like anytime you have to feel scared to be who you are I mean that's really oppressive and and you know certainly there's like such a huge link with being a marginalized person in mental health because of the factor of oppression and so yeah I'll validate that's definitely a part of the reason why I chose you and just love that you do that you know and you have some awesome little digital products there or not digital like swag <laughs> some merch I guess oh, I could yeah, say yeah, yeah. my Etsy shop LGBT positive merch yeah. which I love that as well so, yeah, I I just, you know, I think it's really brave when anybody authentically comes out as themselves online. You know, I feel like I'm always a little bit like, oh, my God, people are looking at my posts like I'm crazy. And I'm sure probably some of them are. I'm not going to let it stop me. <laughs> but I think Good. it's very, to me, that's like, uh, you know, I feel like corporate can be so confining and like to really be able to be an entrepreneur and come as your whole self. I mean, it's amazing. And so I just love that you lead that way. No, thank you. <laughs> it's the only way, you know. Yeah. If yeah, we're not yeah. having I, fun, what's the point? Exactly. That's kind of my life motto. A good time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that. Well, so I guess just to wrap it all up, do you feel like this kind of lifestyle is doable for people? If they're kind of like sitting in a dead-end job or something like that, or they're having like, I sort of have my eat, pray, love fantasies of just, you know, blowing off my life <laughs> for a bit. Any words of encouragement? And then, you know, tell us all yeah. the things, what you're selling and where to find you. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I think it's doable for most people. Of course, like a lot of people have circumstances that maybe it's not doable. But for the majority of people, if it's something you really want, it's doable. You will have to make some sacrifices. You know, maybe you have a house and you'll need to figure that out or you have a job and you need to figure that out. But most skills are transferable to an online business or a remote job. If you don't want to be an entrepreneur, that's OK. There's plenty of remote jobs out there that let you work from anywhere. So if you think you have a lot of excuses for why you can't do it, you're probably wrong. If you think you can't do it, you're probably wrong. You just <laughs> look at why those barriers are there. And make make a plan for how to get how to get through it, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, if you're already an online business owner, you're just starting out, and you need some free resources, and you want to maybe learn about Zapier, or you want to see how how good your backend is on your business. I I have the free quiz you could take on my website, so thetechywitch.com/quiz. You could just go and take that and. You'll get some recommendations on where you can improve and some next steps. And that's a great way to go ahead and get started. And yeah, go ahead and do that. And I have some one-on-one -on -one spots available right now. So you could also just go there and go to my services or send me an email at kara at the com, or follow me on Instagram, the oh, dot totally. witch. <laughs> We totally didn't get into the witchy things, but <laughs> I, just to say, you know, to plug you, like the automation is magic. And I feel like yeah. you saving time in your business is magic. And then like we kind of talked about having that like similar framework and context. It is really helpful if I'm like planning a launch around Mercury retrograde days, I don't get like side eye from you. 
appreciate that. But it really yeah. is magic. And I, I really love I love when I can get people who are really like skilled in what they do, but then they also have that, like they can hold space, you know, and I feel mm-hmm. like you do both really well. And so, oh, it's, you. you know, so nice. You can Sweet. like handhold and also, you know, really, you know, like the logistics of it. So very cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and definitely highly recommend the Techie Witch. That's and, Techie with a Y because uh, a lot of people spell it with an I-E. T E C H Y. Yeah. So really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm a Y girl, I guess. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm there I'm with a you. Y girl. That, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on here. Highly recommend. And yeah, I think if you are feeling like you want to do a business, like just go for it. I think that's why I called this Divide Feminine Revolution was the idea of the matriarchy sort of coming into power. And I think a big piece of that is women earning money and working for themselves and does it have to be women, but anyone, especially if you don't fit into the whitewashed, like masculine corporate thing, go your own way. I highly recommend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kara, I will yeah. see you on our next session. And thanks everybody yeah, for watching. Soon. I do have some Destiny one on ones. I'm about to close that up and launch Fearless Feminine. Uh, that's probably what we'll be working on, Kara, is setting that all up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thanks everybody so much for watching. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Want to keep the conversation flowing? Find us on Facebook at the Divine Feminine Revolution Facebook group, where revolutionary women gather to listen to their hearts, monetize their gifts, and change the world.